0: Welcome back to cause Talk radio by rashpixel.fm the podcast that shows do-gooders nonprofits and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by engage for good and Selfish giving You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com Now on to today's episode.
1: Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters. I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. How are you?
0: I'm awesome. Because we have an awesome guest today.
1: We do, we do. And we just saw him a couple weeks ago at the Engage for Good uh, conference as he shared his enlightenment and his insights with the crowd there. To a spellbound audience, I'm told, Megan, because you were in that session too. I was. Yeah. So it was a great session. So on the line with us today, we have Clark Sweat, a returning guest who's the Chief Revenue Officer at Children's Miracle Network. Hey, Clark, what's happening? Hey, it's good to hear from you guys again. You know, hey, when you were at Engage for Good, I didn't realize I had forgotten you were bald. <laughs>
2: yeah, how could you forget that? That's a hallmark. <laughs> you know, and, and being uh, you know, that you attorney. are, you are as well. I, was, I, know,
1: I, I know, I know. Yeah, that. you know, I mean? you know we like, need to stick together. Yeah, I think it's because I hold you in such incredibly high regard that in that image in my mind, you have hair. I mean, that's how awesome you are. You know what I mean? So, and it's not just that's, any that's, hair. That's incredible. It's not any hair clock. It's like thick, illustrious hair. Like <laughs> it, it, it's like dreadlocks. I'm thinking of it right like now. Like Fabio? Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. Exactly. Exactly, Megan. That's how thick and illustrious. And it's just reflective of your your status in the industry. You know, in terms of all the great things you do. Well,
2: been doing. see, that's an image me with dreadlocks that is not going to leave me for quite some time. So I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, so how long you been at uh, Children's Miracle Network now? I am on my second tour of duty with Children's Miracle Network. I was here for twelve years. Uh, left for about four. Went to St. Jude. Did a little consulting in between, and yep. then I've been back at Children's Miracle Network for. Uh, a little over four years.
1: Wow, huh? Time flies when wow. you're having fun. Is
2: that all? I feel like yeah. it's
1: longer than that. Yeah, right. It does seem long. <laughs> yeah, it's a- yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, I bet on uh, I, on certain days probably feels longer for you too, right, Clock, right? <laughs> like <any laughs> no. Never, but I know never. you love it. Oh, i know. time just flies by. Time yeah, just know. flies by. Yeah, it really does. The the days are long, but the years are short, that's for sure. Anyway, so that's so right. tell us, Clark, what is happening at Children's Miracle Network right now? I mean, you folks are so focused on so many different initiatives. Um at the Engage for Good um in, you know, well, it's every two years they do it now, right, Megan? You're a charity Checkout report. Uh, Right. The Children's Miracle Network had like how many slots in there, Megan? A few at least, right? They had a lot.
0: Well, they had two in the top five.
1: Yeah, they had two in the top five and stuff like that. So you folks are just killing it still on point of sale. What explains that incredible dominance?
2: You know, I don't think it's a a secret formula or anything like that. It's just we've been doing it a while, you know? And so we, we really don't it. we we keep it relatively simple um we have some amazing partners that always helps um you know so we've just got a lot of partners who have been doing it with us for a long time and and each year it just continues to get better and better and each year it just continues to amaze me um we just wrapped up the costco campaign uh mm-hmm. finished up last month and uh you know u.s stores did 29 million dollars for us wow. and then in canada wow. they broke 10 million for the first time ever so wow. uh, Costco's pushing 40 million dollars for us and it's really just a dollar at a time at the at the register Wow
1: that's, that's amazing. amazing yeah it really is what what how do you keep these programs fresh? clock. That's what I always wanted to like year after year sure. after year, because, you know, I have to admit, even when I was doing these programs locally in Boston, you know, after three three or four years, it becomes a challenge, right? You know what I mean? Because people are seeing the same programs again and again, but you folks are able to do these programs for so long.
2: Yeah, I think we. I, I think the secret to us really is um, we tailor the programs. They, lo- they might look the same from a consumer's perspective, but when you look at the back end of it uh, and how it engages with the company, how it engages with the employees uh it 's constantly kind of changing and shifting and, and we we take those campaigns and we we try to match them up to the culture. Uh, of the company. So, you know, some of them it's still the pin-ups, the miracle balloons that mm. we do. Some uh have, those have gone away and it's really just an ask at the register. So, it, it really comes down to just um I think reengaging learning from la- the previous years campaign and mm. uh and tweaking it. And tweaking yeah. it. Again, it's it's not Anything that we do drastically, it's just kind of built into the nature of the, these partnerships. Uh, but, yeah, the average tenure of a partner with us is over 20 years, and wow. many of wow. them have been doing these campaigns for yeah. 20 years. And yeah. they, they feel fresh
0: each year. So, Clark, as chief revenue officer, I would imagine part of your job is to look toward the future. And hopefully you'll be raising millions and millions and millions of dollars with balloon pinups in the future as well. But are there other things that you are trying to keep apprised of that are happening or that you need to be kind of moving on now that might be coming down the line five to 10 years from now? Like what are, what are you keeping your eye on Mm. in the field?
2: Oh, sure. I mean, you know, um, Our revenue is about 70% retail based. Uh, And so it's not really hard to imagine that when you look at. Uh, the, the changing industry in retail and mm-hmm. how dramatically it's it's shifting, um, we're obviously looking at what that looks like in the future. And, uh, you know, it really comes down to how do we insert ourselves into the transactions, mm-hmm. regardless of what that transaction looks like. So mm-hmm. for the last 20 years, it's been, uh, you know, at a cashier who's asked the customer directly, um, we have technology that's in place now where we have the credit card machines or mm-hmm. self-checkout machines mm-hmm. that are doing the ask uh, instead, and eventually, I would imagine that we will work with our retailers to, to insert our ask in the middle of a, an app that someone is using to order their products or to pick up the products in store and carry them out without ever talking to a cashier. So, I yeah, um, I it, it really is—it uh, really depends on how you look at the changing face of retail, and and it's. It's drastic and it's coming quick, and um, but I still think people, especially for our cause, will they'll want to be able to give back. They'll want to yeah. be able to give back to their local children's hospital, and as long as that's the case, I think we'll be creative and figure out a way to to make that happen.
1: You know, clock with regard to retail, do you do you worry about? The fate, especially of the big box retailers out there. And, you know, these folks generate a lot of money, whether you're talking about Macy's or Kmart or, you know, Home Depot, even in your case with Costco and stuff like that. Do you worry that at some point soon you may be? maybe facing a drastically smaller retail space in terms of the number of stores, because, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, I was writing about this not too long ago, two clock and Megan where, uh, Uh, St. Jude just did a special event at St. Jude with Kmart celebrating, um, you know, that they had hit $100 million, which is fantastic. And the director, the VP of marketing was there and she said, you know, we did this in 10 years. You know, the next time we do this, we're going to do it in five years. And I was just kind of like, lady, when you started these programs, you had 2000 stores (laughs) when, you know, now you have 700 stores. How are you going to do that? And and I yep. think, I mean, is that something that worries you in the sense like that you're just going to be dealing with still a lot of retailers out there, but maybe just a smaller footprint with some of them?
2: Yeah, you know, it's definitely something we're keeping an eye on. Uh, you, you really can't look at your news feed. Um, you know, not a week goes by when you don't see a major retailer who's closing a large number of stores and hmm. – uh, it's obviously something that we are, we're paying attention to. Um, I, I will tell you that we have seen in some cases, we've seen, uh, some of our partners like, uh, Rite Aid stores, for example, uh, the number of Rite Aid stores has, has gone down overall, yet their fundraising continues to rise. Mm-hmm. And, and really what it comes down to is they're, they're doing a better job of executing in the stores that they have left. and, and you know, I was at St. Jude when, when Kmart came on board and, uh, yeah, I remember those, that first campaign we did with them, and they are a drastically different company than they were they yeah. uh, than they are now. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? They're raising more money, and mm-hmm. they're raising more money because they're embracing the technology. They're they're asking their customers more frequently, uh, and they're they're again they're they're getting in the middle of that transaction and and being. I think true to the cause and really making sure that people understand why they're doing it and why it's important. So yeah, we definitely look at it. Um, I wouldn't say we, we worry about it. Yeah. Um, I think we, um, I think what we see overall is that the numbers continue to rise, even though the number of physical locations are going down and mm-hmm. that's pretty consistent across the board. Hey Megan, before we move on to our next
1: question, let's recognize today's show sponsor Catalyst. Catalyst is the industry's only matchmaking platform for companies and causes. Think of them like an online dating app for social good. At Catalyst, you can research companies, their customers, and the types of partnerships that they're looking for. Then you can actually connect with those companies. You can now try it out for free and find out which companies are right for your organization. Email members at gocatalyst.com. Again, members at gocatalyst.com with the code podcast 17 again that's podcast 17 to try out catalyst for 14 days for free thank you catalyst for sponsoring cause talk radio
0: One of the things that you mentioned in our point of sale session that I would love for you to talk about here is just the, you know, we're talking about all this future retail and, you know, paying with your app and walking in and out of a store without even ever talking to anyone. But one of the things that you had mentioned um, at that session was just about the variety of technology that exists out there, like the difference between a Dairy Queen and a Walmart. So can you just kind of paint that picture? I think we might need a level set here in terms of like, yes, there's a future, but there's also plenty of people that are still living, you know, in 1980 in terms of...
1: Technology,
2: yeah. technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, you know, Dairy Queen is—they're uh, a great partner of ours. They've been a partner with us for more than thirty years, and they do multiple campaigns. Um, but they vary. I, I think the last number I heard from them is they have—it's almost forty different payment systems that their retailers use. So, you know, they're a franchise system. uh, And you've got people who are using very primitive um, cash registers that they probably used when – Uh, You know, Dad opened up the store 40 years ago, and they now own the store, and they're continuing to use that technology. Uh, And they have some people who have very sophisticated technology. So uh, it it really is – it really depends, right? You know, there are some, like Walmart, who's on that cutting edge. And I think what you'll see with them relatively quickly is they've moved from – they've updated all their POS systems. They have now Walmart Pay that I think is starting to get adopted Mm. more, more and more. Uh, And I think eventually um, they're going to be one of the first ones to shift to Scan these items while you're walking through the store, and you're your uh, put them in your cart and and scan back out. So without ever talking to anyone. So I think for some retailers, it's going to come relatively quickly, and others, it's a long ways off.
1: Mm, I know, you know, because one of the things you and I had talked about um, a couple of years ago, we may even have done it in the last podcast that we were talking about, is we were talking about really things like beacon technology. You know, so that when you go into a store, you know the the you know through the store's app, they ping you about the different things that are happening in the store, including charitable campaigns. And I, of course, one year made the bold prediction that a lot of POS programs would be turning to to beacon technology, and it just didn't happen. And, you know, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, I heard someone say the other day, though, Megan and Clark, that, With technology in the future, it happens a little bit at the time and then all at once. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what we may see with some of these technologies too, is that, you know, it takes time for them to really make inroads. But when they do take hold, like mobile payments has since last time that we've talked, it could be dramatic the shift. Yeah, I would agree with
2: that. And I think um you know, I'm a little surprised as well that the beacon technology hasn't taken off mm. uh, as as quickly as it would, but but I still think it's coming. Uh I think it's just a matter of time until uh you know, a CPG company has the ability to advertise right on the screen of someone's phone as they're walking down the aisle that their product is on. I mm. mean, I think that is yep that is coming, it's just not quite here yet. And a mm-hmm. lot of it, I think, is a, it's a hardware rollout. It's an investment in, um, you know, the stores' infrastructure, but yeah. eventually it'll get there. And I think you're right. Once it gets there, it'll it'll really blow out.
1: Yeah. But, well, you know, I think in so many instances now, Megan and Clark, it's, it's the uncertainty of the retail environment, I think, that may be kind of, yeah. may, you know, it makes people think twice about rolling new technologies because they said, hey, you know, we want to do this, but, you know, a store a footprint, the way we do business with people is changing so much that maybe we really don't know where the best place is to implement this.
2: Yeah. And I think we see, you know, we definitely see that now with, uh, a lot of our retail partners, they're testing a lot of different things, whether it's, uh, whether it's home delivery, whether it's online delivery, but mm. uh, or online ordering and pick up at the store, mm-hmm. online ordering, delivery to your house. Uh, I, there's just a lot of different things that I, I think are being tested, and um, uh, I think you know over time it'll narrow down to a couple of things, and then people will execute those and they'll execute them really well.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you are you piloting or testing anything yourself right now with any of your retail partners in terms of including C M N? in some of these new technologies just to see how people
1: respond? Yeah, like drone you can tell us? drone charity <gasps> pin-ups drones or something like cause. that. Charity pin-ups, yeah. that's the yep. key. We could send a drone to everyone's home clock and totally. it could sell them a charity pin-up. What do you think about that That's idea? an awesome we are, idea. We are
2: working on, yeah, we are working on that. It is, uh, it's called Drones, drones for Kids. Uh, it's, a little, it's, it's a little bit of a combination between a, a, a soli- nice solicitation and a little bit of a threatening act. Yeah, yeah
1: I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: We know where you live. Yeah, yeah right. We'll, we'll right, right, right. Front porch until like um, you uh, Honey,
1: there's <laughs> a drone at the door. <laughs> <laughs> it won't go away. Yeah. That's
2: right. That's right. You know, we are working on a, uh, a lot of different things. I, most of the stuff that we're working with right now is, is would be just on the dot-com side of the of the business. Mm. So we've got a strong bricks-and-mortar uh, program, and as more things are shifting to online ordering, and especially online ordering and then store pickup, mm-hmm. uh, those are the things that we're, we're testing more and more. Uh, most of what we're testing is really around messaging. Uh, so it's tied to technology, but we're trying to drill down – uh, the, the the most local story we can based on uh, the, the shopper. No. So we're looking at uh, someone who's shopping at a specific store and how do we make sure that their messaging is connected, whether it's through their phone or whether it's in the store. Um, to that local children's hospital. So again, it, it, it's all tied back to, uh, there's a technology component to it, but at its core, it's really a relatively simplistic message, which is give to you your local children's hospital.
1: Right, right. I, I think that's interesting too. Will there come a day too, especially with the cashier or whether we're making donations through our mobile devices, when we have the analytics that we need, Clark and Megan, so that people will know what to ask us for? Is it an ask for Children's Miracle Network or or is it an ask to help sick kids, or do we mention a local hospital like Boston Children's Hospital or what have you? I think it's really interesting the potential to it, to analyze consumers and to use that for social good programs.
0: I thought you were going to say going down the same train of thought. Yeah. But I thought you were going to say whether I should donate to sick chi- sick kids or to puppies or to yeah. you know some some other some other cause. That's right. interesting though.
1: Yeah, are you yeah. testing
0: that too, Clark, with your drones? <laughs> Uh, Yeah, but
2: the answer would always be sick kids. Well, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right,
1: right, right. Unless
2: maybe it's a therapy dog. If it's a therapy dog, yeah, we can do
1: that. Ah, I like that. (laughs) See? See?
0: Well, and I I think the online piece is so smart, too, because we saw this year, it, it almost, and I'm totally speaking out of school here, but it almost sounded like... Um, like a trial sort of thing but Best Buy and St. Jude yes. they yeah. they posted the largest dollar increase in our survey from 2014 to 2016 and one of the things that they did was include an online ask this year at, at checkout and they raised $500,000 just doing that and it seemed to me like I said I'm kind of speaking out of school here but it seemed to me like it was you know they didn't hugely push it they were just kind of putting it there and trying to see what, what it would do but half a million dollars is pretty impressive for an online ask too
2: yeah, we're, we're seeing kind of similar results uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing for years and years, you always heard from the retailer, uh, I don't want to mess with the transaction online. I don't want to get in between yeah. the person hitting complete order. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of great technology now that even after you've hit complete purchase, uh, there's donation tools that we're testing that the purchase is already made. Uh, but you still can add a donation at the end of it. So transaction oh, is done, it's complete, but then it pops. Yeah. Pops up and it says Hey, before you leave our page, we're, we're raising money for XYZ Children's Hospital because we know where that person lives. We know mm-hmm. which Children's Hospital is closest to them, so we get it down to that level. Mm-hmm. Would you like to round up your order to this amount, or would oh, you like to you know, make it's... a ten dollar donation? And so, that, that's, those are the kind of things that we're testing. It seems so uh, easy, though,
1: Clock, Why don't we see more online retailers using right? round-up programs at checkout? Well, I mean, it's just for you know, what you just I see... said because
0: they don't want to get in the way of the transaction. I
1: know, but come on. Yeah, I mean anyone could say that about any checkout line, whether it's offline or online. And you've seen people use it like GoDaddy uses it very successfully. I can only imagine how much would Amazon raise for Children's Miracle Network if it did a roundup program for a week. A totally. week oh, yeah. on yeah. its site.
0: I mean,
2: no, I think that I think that it really does come down to though you have know, got a lot of people who are just it's all about transaction time, and it's, it's the mm-hmm. fewest number of clicks to completing the purchase. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're, we're not fighting it and saying, let's not put us in, uh, you know, don't put us before the complete the purchase. Let's do it after. And, again, you've got all the information there. It's relatively simple. Um, we're doing some tests right now. We've, we launched uh, Apple Pay when mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. Apple Pay started taking uh, charitable donations about six months ago, and uh, we're seeing some pretty good success with that. That's really slick because it's, all, it's got all your information in there. You just have to put your thumb on your phone, and a donation gets made. Is you that a roundup, or your... is that just a flat? Uh, it's, we've, we're testing it with both. So we've, we've, uh, we've done peer, mostly just straight donations from people or setting mm-hmm. up peer-to-peer fundraising events um, with Apple Pay and using Apple Pay as the, as the payment vehicle. Uh, but we are looking at a few online shoppers who take Apple Pay and, and trying to figure out how to incorporate that into it
0: going back to that technology you we're talking about clark that can add a donation after the transaction is complete is that retailer specific or is that a specific donation platform that's doing that that's plugging into an existing e-commerce system
2: uh, for the most part, it's retailer-specific. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. So uh, there are a few, uh, you know, online processors that, you know, that everybody kind of uses some of the same back-end services, and right. and we have talked to them about creating that piece that would be relatively plug-and-play, mm-hmm. um, so we're, we're looking at that option as well, but uh, for the most part, it's retail-specific, uh, and, and I'll tell you, the, the, the organization that I think does it best is, uh, is actually St. Jude and mm-hmm. Domino's Pizza, um, Domino's and St. You'd have a, a great technology that they turn on around Thanksgiving that yeah. that does just that. You know, you yeah. order your pizza, and after the fact, you can you can click the button and, yeah. and well, that's add because money to your I
1: mean that's because too that Domino's has done such a great job with its app too. You know what I mean? Like I think you know. I mean, they've done some incredible things and stuff. That's why I think next year at Engage for Good, we need to have a Children's Miracle Network St. Jude Smackdowns clock. Totally, and like the big (laughs) sumo wrestling. I just want to tell you right now, if you represent Children's Miracle Network, I totally think you would kick Mongo's ass. I mean, I'm I'm on your side, big guy. And you know what will happen though? Here's the thing though, Clark. you mean Marlo? Yeah, Marlo, whatever her name is. You mean- See, I don't follow that no. stuff. See, but if you win, if you win, you get all their business. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, I'm just going to say this. I love St. Jude. I oh, think they're a great organization. So, you know, but I would be more than happy to put on a. If you wanted to put us in those big sumo restaurants <laughs> yes. and do totally. a charitable uh, uh, event, I'm I'm yeah. in. So, we're doing know, in the know. you know, it's it's
1: it's um it's interesting because people ask me all the time. They say, "How do you predict the future of what nonprofits are going to be doing with businesses a few decades down the road?" Clark. Yeah, it's, but it's also but it's also like, <laughs> it's what businesses are doing now, but three years from now. <laughs> They'll be doing it with nonprofits. You know, in so many instances, nonprofits don't lead when it comes to this stuff. They follow or they benefit from it. In many instances. And the relationship with Domino's is a great example of that. I mean, I love this new thing that Domino's is doing, too, where they're actually going like when you order it, when you order their pizza, it, like plays a favorite song on your phone. Uh, when it gets to yep. your house, they'll turn on the lights, they'll turn off the irrigation system so the guy can come to the <laughs> door. You know, all I mean, think about the, the potential cause component here. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, I think that's I think that's true. You know, and and um as we see more and more people embracing technology and as they continue to they'll figure out a way, a way to weave the charitable component into mm. it. And it's not just, you know, customers want that. Uh the employees want that. They want to mm-hmm. know that their company stands for something more than just, you know, driving uh, shareholder value—they—they—they—they're they, they, they're making a difference in the community. Right. So right. as long as that's the case, um, I think charities will probably continue to follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that charities a lot of times are bringing these ideas to corporations, but until until the corporations really embrace it themselves and make it right. an integrated yeah. part of their business, it's tough to make that an ally. No, it's
1: true. You gotta kind of you kind of gotta do your thing. You know, you have to kind of work with what you can get. You know, hey, clock. Yeah. One thing yep. I wanted to ask you is. You also do um, a certain number of events at Children's Miracle Network. I know you have like a robust dance marathon program and stuff like that. Have you worked with yep. any of your partners on any of your uh, checkout charity partners on either doing something with offline events or benefiting from their relationship with you at the checkout? with an offline event, like a sponsorship or something like that, like that type of cross-promotion?
2: We do. Uh, Yeah, we actually, for last year, so our Dance Marathon program is on uh, a little over 300 college campuses, and it'll raise almost $40 million for us this year. And uh, surprisingly, last year was the first year that we put together um, an offline sponsorship uh, that we kind of piloted. And Mm -hmm. so Loves, which is a, a they loves truck stops they're across the uh the u.s gas stations they are a great company they they stepped up and said hey we want to be the first ones to kind of pilot this uh, it's really kind of interesting because you don't really see the the connection between the college students and the, the, the business all that well but they were looking at how do we get engaged in college campuses how do we get engaged with that mm. that uh, that generation and how do we Um, you know, build a relationship with them while they're still at that age. And so it was a small test program, uh, but we are building bigger packages now and going out to many of our partners. Uh, Panda Express is is expanding their relationship with us uh, and tying into dance marathons. Um, You know, it's a, it's a great thing for these, these kids to be able to, I shouldn't say kids, these young adults who are doing Mm -hmm. these amazing million dollar plus events It's a very emotional event, and Mm. at the same time, they're taking a break, and they're going to have some Panda Express orange chicken, uh, which really ties their brand to that feeling they had at the Dance Marathon. So Mm. we are looking at ways to engage um, our partners in a much bigger way. We have a a leadership conference for Dance Marathon uh, in about a month, and we're actually holding uh, kind of a a, a job fair, if you will. We've got about 10 companies who are coming in who are partners of ours, going to meet with these 500 colleagues leaders who yeah, are at our Dance Marathon awesome. Leadership Conference, and it's just a chance for them to meet some people because we know when they graduate from college they're going to need jobs. So we're looking at ways that we can integrate these partnerships uh, as best we can.
1: Yeah, because, you know, so many of the nonprofits I work with, they are good on the event piece, but they're not good on the cause marketing piece. And so what I often say is lead with the event piece. Like, use that as a chit. Use that as an asset when you're going out there and talking to companies because you have something offline that could be really valuable to them that they would be willing to do a checkout charity program that you know, the dollars could go to that sponsorship.
0: This is great, Clark. It's always good to have you on the show to bring out your crystal ball and let us know Ooh. what we should be thinking about in the future. So thank you for doing that. If people want to find out more about you or Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, how would they do that online?
2: Uh, just look at cmnhospitals.org or you can look uh, for me at uh, at my what is my Twitter handle? Joe, you
1: should know this. I'll put it I'll put that. it in the show notes. See, that's the thing. I'm and listen, <laughs> listeners, if we bombard Clock with new friend requests because of this show, maybe totally. he will share this information on a regular basis on Twitter, which would be fantastic because, you know, Clock is one of those people Megan that I have on my watch list on Twitter. So, it's a it's an elite group of people, and when you come up on the watch list, I automatically see exactly what you're saying and when you're saying <laughs> it so i know exactly and i've been waiting for a long long time But I was gonna
2: say, to so, say so it's maybe once a once a month something yeah. like that but, so, but one, one day, day Clark, but, but i got it but
1: one day Clark
0: underscore cmn hosp h-o-s-p
1: got one day Perfect. clock just put a period on his uh, I tweeted a period <laughs> and i was like so i profound. was like what does this mean you know what I mean? Like what? You know, I did, I, 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 did it
2: just to confuse you.
1: Yeah, I know, and yeah. I was just like, this is like, this is like so important, and I can't figure it out.
2: <laughs> you
0: tweeted. You tweeted twice on June June nineteenth. That was a couple of days ago. So I,
2: I yeah, I was you probably a little probably bit family. Or, it was probably family related. No, it wasn't. It was family related. related. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, well, good. There related. you go. There you go. Or you can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm a little
0: yeah.
1: more active on LinkedIn. There you go. So
0: awesome, yeah. Joe. How about you? Where can people find you harassing Clark online?
1: I can harass a minute to minute on Twitter at Joe Waters. So make sure to check me out there. Make sure to visit selfishgiving.com. Uh, sign up for my email newsletter. Get my five day mini course and don't forget all those pins on pinterest and i have a big board too on charity pinup slash checkout slash register programs that you can check out on pinterest Pinterest pinterest.com front slash joe waters what about you megan where can people find you
0: I'm also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good at Engage for Good, which is also where you can find show notes for today's episode, EngageForGood.com, as well as SelfishGiving.com. And be sure to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts so that you do not miss an episode. And on behalf of Clark and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.